Okay. We are in chapter 49 this morning, and we'll probably get through that chapter. I don't know that we'll get much further. As Art has said, there's 66 books in, in this, so that gives us 16 chapters later, which will probably put us around where we thought we would be um, late October, November, which will be a year. But there's, there's great things. And as we've talked about in this before, that uh, Isaiah prophesied, and he prophesied about everything on this little chart that we've written. Uh, he prophesied about Assyria taking the northern kingdom. He prophesied about the Babylonian. He prophesied about the remnant. He's prophesied about Jesus coming. He's prophesied about the nation of Israel. He's prophesied about his return. And he's prophesied about the thousand years of rule and reign, which we call the millennium. So there's, there's just been a lot that Isaiah has covered. Now sometimes it kind of gets redundant. And he keeps saying, he says... <laughs> Uh, I want you to obey me. I want you to listen to what I've been telling you from the very beginning. So we're going to back up just a little bit this morning. And uh, <clears throat> I want you to turn uh, in your Bibles to Exodus 19. And uh, in, your, in your little Bible, it'll be uh, Exodus uh, or page 55 in your little Bible. Exodus 19. Just... Just to kind of keep in our head uh, what 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 brought us to this particular place um, in Exodus 19, uh, the children of Israel had just come out uh, from Egypt, and he uh, the Lord called Moses up into a mountain, and in verse three of that he said Moses went up to God, and the the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought to you myself. Now then, if you will in, indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the people of all the earth, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the sons of Israel. Verse 8. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So we've said before that why God chose them, we don't know. You know, you'll, I don't know why He chose Israel, but He did. And he's, he's used them. And real quickly, in the 20th chapter of Exodus, he, he gave us what we know as the Ten Commandments. And um, this is one of those chapters you just simply need to know where it is and what it is. It's given again in the 5th chapter of Deuteronomy, but we go here. And his first commandment is in verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself 
an idol or any likeness of what is heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations who hate me. So, first rattle out of the box, God says, I'm a jealous God. I want me to be first praise, God. You shall have no other gods before me. Don't make any idols at all. Any idols. Well, as we've read and as we've listened and as we've seen Isaiah talk about, that's the very thing that caused their downfall. Their downfall. I gave you this chart when we were beginning uh, back in November. And this chart covers all this period of time that we're talking about here. All this period of time. Basically, this period of time. Uh, and it covers roughly uh, from 330 to 390 years. Now, understand when we put dates on biblical time it's subjective uh, as I said it could be plus or minus 100 years so anyway uh, about this time so it's 390 years at the outside to put that in comparison uh, on July the 4th how old would our country be? What? Where's your math? How about 240 years? 240 years. So to give you a little comparison, our country is 240 years old, and we're talking about a period of time here that's 390 years. So uh, just to give you a point of reference. Now, we had we have two different... We had the northern kingdom, which we call Israel. We had the southern kingdom, which we call Judah. They're brothers, but yet because of their disobedience, they split. They split. Ten tribes to the north, two little tribes to the south. We don't hear much about, about Benjamin, but it was part of the show. And <clears throat> so in those two things, in the southern kingdom, there were 20 kings. In the southern kingdom in Judah, there was 20 kings. Eight of them were good kings. Out of the 20, eight were good kings. On the northern kingdom, there were 19. Uh, guess how many good ones? None. None. There was one that started off pretty good, but he turned off bad. And what happened? They, we've talked about high places. They didn't tear down the high places. They started to do good, but they left the old thing in there. And it was all brought out on mainly through Solomon, through his thousand wives. And God said, he said, be careful who you marry because they'll turn your hearts away from God. That's good advice today. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. 
Obedience is what the Lord wanted through this whole thing. Okay, now let's go to, to uh, Isaiah 49. <clears throat> let's back up a little bit to Isaiah 48. Let's look at verse 17. It's in your little Bible at 521 on page 521. We read this the last time that, that we talked. Um, look at verse 18 of chapter 48. If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sand and your offspring like its grain. Their name would never have been cut off or destroyed from my presence. If only you had paid attention to my commandments. Back to Exodus 19, God says, If you will obey my commandments and do everything I tell you, you will be a holy generation and a holy people to me. Well, we've often said that we're redeemed Israel. Jesus said at the Last Supper, he says, I'll, I'll not drink again of the new covenant uh, until I drink it in my Father's kingdom. The new covenant, the New Testament, the New Testament. And yet we have some of the same rebellion that the Israelites had all these years ago. Art a couple of weeks ago said, what about our idols? And he proposed that our biggest idol today is us. What we want to do, where we want to go, how does it affect us? We're pretty selfish when it all boils down to it. It's me, myself, and I, or my four and no more. That's, that's kind of where it is. And we are at a crossroads in our nation. And <clears throat> Ann Lotz, do you know who I'm talking about when I say Ann Lotz? <clears throat> Billy Graham's daughter. She's a very prof prophetic lady uh, <clears throat> to come with one of your points, Phil, from a couple of weeks ago. Ann Lott says she compared Trump to Nebuchadnezzar. Now what did Nebuchadnezzar do? He took the southern kingdom into exile. I don't know what's going to happen politically. I have no idea. But I know that our hope has to be in God. We have to be obedient to where he says. And God's not slack concerning these promises like 1 Peter tells us. But a day is a thousand years or a thousand years is a day. As we just saw, it took 390 years for God to whip Israel to the point where he wanted to get them their attention. And he's still dealing with them and we'll talk about that in just a minute. I think the only reason 
something hadn't happened to us before, now is for like people in this room because there are a lot of people who hadn't bowed their knee to Baal. Elijah had to be shown that. And yet we know that there's a lot of people that still love him and they're still obedient to him. But <clears throat> there are many, many more that have a lip service. This word evangelical Christian has been thrown out the window during this particular <clears throat> election cycle. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, it depends on who you're talking to. But <clears throat> a follower of Christ, a genuine follower of Christ, we need to do and act like we mean it. Now, he said, if you'd have just obeyed me and followed my commandments. Now let's look in chapter 49. <clears throat> Listen to me, O islands. Islands, O islands. That appears 15 times in Scripture. 14 times in Isaiah. And what they're talking about here is the remotest place you can think about. The islands, the remotest place. He says, he says, pay attention, you people from afar. The Lord called me from my mother's womb. From the body of my mother, he named me. He's made my mouth like a sharp sword. and uh, <clears throat> Shallow of his hand, he has con concealed me. He also made me a select arrow and has given me a, a quiver. <clears throat> hid me in his quiver. Verse 3, And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel. Hold your finger there and look back to chapter 42. <clears throat> look back. This is the first time that he's, uh, well, he said it in chapter 41, but in this particular chapter 42, verse 1, he said, Behold my servant, who uphold my chosen one, and whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Behold my spirit. And he's talking about <clears throat> Israel at this point. So, Israel, verse 3, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory in whom I will show my glory. Okay. <clears throat> in verse 6, he says, Is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to rise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore and preserve the one of Israel? I will also make you a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach the end of the earth. I don't know any evangelical Christian, and here I am using a word that, <clears throat> that doesn't understand the correlation between Christianity and Israel, and how Israel is very important in the scheme of things. God's people, and He will yet have to deal with them, as we will see in just, in just a minute. <clears throat> Look at verse 8. Thus he says, in a favorable time, 
I have answered you. And in the days of salvation, I will help you. And I will keep you and give you a covenant of the land. Excuse me, a covenant of the people to restore the land. To make them inherit the, des the, des the desolate heritage. Say to those who are bound, go forth. To those who are in darkness, show yourself. Along the roads you'll be fed. <clears throat> Verse 10, they will not hunger or thirst, nor will they scorching heat or sun strike them down. For he who has compassion on them. Verse 13, shout for joy, O heavens, and rejoice, O earth. Break forth with meaningful shouting, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Now the scholars are telling, I don't have enough sense to gather this from here, but the scholars are saying that Isaiah is talking about these thousand years. These thousand years. That he's going to he's gonna do something very unusual. Um, Go to Ezekiel 37, it's 617 in your little Bible. Ezekiel 37, 617 in your Bible, little Bible. Ezekiel. It's, uh, it's to the right of Isaiah. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, page 617 in the little Bible. We all there? Okay. Verse 1 of 37, and this is Ezekiel talking. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and there were many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were dry, very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, God, you know. O Lord, God, you know. Uh, we remember the, the Negro spiritual, the uh, <clears throat> dry bones, dry bones, you know, the hip bone connected to the, all that. Even though Brad wanted to keep his hip bone, it didn't let him. <laughs> so anyway, skip down to verse 11. And he said to me, O son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have opened your graves and caused you to come out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life, and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that the Lord has spoken and has done it, declares the Lord. Skip down to verse 24 of the same chapter. My servant David will be king over them. 
and they will have, and they will all have one shepherd. And they will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes and observe them. They will live in the land that I gave to Jacob, my servant, in which your fathers lived. They will live on it, they and their sons and their sons' sons, forever. And David, my servant, will be their prince forever. Verse 27. My dwelling place, all souls shall be with them. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. And the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. It's going to start these thousand years. Who is the prince from the house of David that's going to rule? Jesus. Like they say, the answer is always Jesus. And we have, we have a, a, in the New Testament, Matthew tells us, you know, it's from David's line that Jesus was born. David's line. Jesus will be there. <laughs> Revelation tells me that the sun will reign. It's going to be a fabulous time. And we will be grafted in from the nations. But it's all about God's promise He made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob years and years ago. And yet, Isaiah talked about the whole show right here. He talked about the whole show. Obey me. Had you obeyed me, you would be by a river and your children would be, would be in good shape. Go back to, to uh, Isaiah again. Look back at verse 18 of chapter 48. If you'd only paid attention to my commandments, your well-being would be like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would be like the sand and your offspring like its grains. If you'd only obeyed my commandments. <laughs> we, we went through this a couple of Sundays ago. He said, when I walk through the, the fire, you won't get scorched and you won't be burned when you walk through the river. He says, because I am the Lord your God and I love you. And I love you. We get so full of ourselves that we forget what's going on around us. That God loves us. And it's our responsibility to love Him and to love one another. We've all read and seen everything, all that happened in, in Orlando in the last week or two. I mean, they couldn't catch a break, you know, from a little boy getting snatched up by an alligator to 50 people being killed. 
and regardless of, of your idea about what's going on, those people, every single one of them was made in the image of God and had a living soul. And we need to love them and pray for them because of who they are. Okay. Back to Isaiah 49. Look at chapter 14. Oh me. That clock's wrong. Okay. Chapter 14. I'm, thank you. Thank you. It's not what I, what I say, it's what I mean to say. Thank you, Leanne. <laughs> 40, chapter 49, verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. Zion said that. The people of Israel have said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten about me. Look what the Lord says. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will never forget you. I will never forget you. Mother's Day was a few weeks ago and we said that the closest thing we have in this life to the love of the Lord in human form is a mother for a child. I think, <laughs> I know in my house that's true. Velta <laughs> uh, loves me, but when he comes to Art and Andy, I don't hold a light. <laughs> but anyway, that's, Ray, you shaking your head. <laughs> so, so, we, he says, can I forget you? I birthed you. I can't forget you. I can't forget you. Let's continue to read. <clears throat> Behold, I have inscribed on you the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders hurry. Your destroyers and devastators will come apart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All of them gather together. They will come to you. As I de live, declares the Lord. And you will surely put on them as jewels and bind them as a bride. For you waste and desolate places your destroyed land. Surely, how... <clears throat> um, now be too cramped for inhabitants. Skip down to verse 22. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and set my standard to the peoples, and they will bring your sons to their bosom, and your father and your daughters will be carried on their shoulders. Art introduced us to Cyrus. Who was Cyrus? Cyrus was a pagan king. Isaiah told about him 150 years before it happened. But the Lord used Cyrus to do what mainly? To deliver his people and send them back to Jerusalem as this remnant 
Jeremiah prophesied, you'll be in the land 70 years and then you will go back. Cyrus, the Lord put it in his heart. He had no reason to let this group of people go. But he says, if you want to go back, go back. I'll give you my blessing. Furthermore, I'll give you some stuff to take. He used a foreign king to bless his people. And he continues to do that today. Verse 23. Kings will be your guardians and princes your nurses and they will bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick the dust of your feet and you will know that I am the Lord. All the pagan kings came to that realization. Nebuchadnezzar came to that realization realization look the God of Daniel Meshach and Abednego that's the God we need to serve Cyrus said it he says there is a God in heaven there is a God in heaven know that I am the Lord skip down to verse 26 uh, 26. I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh and they will be Come drunk with their own blood as sweet wine, and all flesh will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. <clears throat> mighty one of Jacob. If you're following in your Bible reading right now, you're in 2 Kings, and it's amazing to me. And it's not the first time I read it, but they marched through these 40, uh, 39 kings. And it's amazing, you know, this son killed this son, killed this uncle. I mean, there was killing right and left, you know, all the way through there. It's absolutely amazing how, how they just slaughtered one another. Judah, Israel, Samaria, all talking about the same group of people in different times in history. God says, and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. God's going to do what He said He's going to do. He is the Lord. And He loves you. And He loves you. Obedience. We'll keep coming back to that thing. That's all He wants from us today. Is to be obedient. To be obedient. Well, when we leave from this place, uh, maybe something said today that you will remember. That in all this time of history, we're sitting right here. The Lord hadn't come back. Israel is a nation again, a political nation. They hadn't come back to the Lord, but they're a political nation. And then next thing on God's time clock, Jesus coming back. And then the thousand years of the millennium and then the new heaven and the new earth. Well, we'll go from this place. Father, Lord, we thank You for all You are and we thank You for loving us. 
We thank you for being with us. We thank you that scripture is true. Regardless of what we think or what we say, it's timeless. And we know that the Lord is not on our timetable. Father, forgive us for putting us, ourselves, above everything else, even above you. Forgive us for making idols of ourselves. Bless us as we go from this place. And when we leave, we can say it's been good to be in God's house. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Especially the kings. Especially the kings.